You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? This is Colin with... Hey, guys, it's Elliot. And this is episode number 50, round Once again. two. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we don't know how to count, but... Uh, uh, I mean, or 50 is just a cool number. We wanted to do this one twice, so uh, <laughs> so here we are. So what's going on, Elliot? Um, getting nervous for my first race in, since uh, Hawaii 2019. Yeah, yeah. What race is that again? <laughs> St. George 70.3. And I, I wish we had like a tune-up race to do around here, but it doesn't look like they're going to be opening up anything anytime soon. So, yep, yeah. St. George is going to be the first race of the year. <laughs> cool. But uh, St. George is looking promising? I think so. And uh, we're making a long trip out of it. So Becca has a swim meet because she's a strength coach for a swim team. And so – that's a week before St. George, uh, half Ironman. So we're going to be heading down there like two weeks beforehand. And so I can get a few rides outside because I literally have not. And that's in St. George as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Perfect timing. But yeah, I literally have not rode outside since Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, you haven't ridden outside? No. (laughs) Wow. No kidding. Because I don't know, last year I just didn't really want to end up in the hospital, which I have getting in bike accidents before. And I'm like, just don't want to deal with getting hurt or anything. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that. That's, that's wild. So So yeah, that's why I was asking you. Maybe we do need to get outside sooner (laughs) or later. Yeah. That's (laughs) what I was asking you beforehand, before, before we started this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) How important is it to ride outside? No, it's a good question. I mean, it does segue kind of into some of the things we want to talk about. Actually, before we get into kind of the beef of things, I also want to just briefly discuss uh, that Ironman Texas has been canceled, which uh, was quite shocking to me, that's for sure. Um, You know, Texas is is telling us that uh, they're wide open and there's no restrictions. So when I heard that, I just assumed that that Texas was, you know, uh, a lock to to happen here. And uh, really feel bad for uh, a couple clients I have doing the race. Um, you know, one of them in particular working super hard, he was supposed to do it in 2020, you know, did most of the brunt of the training. Then a guy canceled like most things last year and then ramped up, put in a lot of work this year. And, uh, you know, it's getting, I guess at least there was a little more notice. It wasn't like, uh, that, uh, was it, Texas 70.3 the guy canceled two days before it or something but uh, uh, a month know. out and you right 
but that's still when you've already done most of the training. Right. right. So, um, really feel bad for those people still don't quite understand from the research I did of why it's canceled. And, um, just a little, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, it doesn't quite add up to me. So it, it seems a little bit odd, but, uh, it is what it is. And so I guess that's one that's being pushed out, uh, to, I think they're talking about October. So, and, I mean, do you think these decisions are made based off of wherever the city is, uh, whatever the host city, I mean, that's their decision, whether the race goes on or not, it has nothing to do with Ironman. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's mutual. It's, it's my understanding that Ironman is if, if the state or, you know, town is willing to, to put on the race, then they're going to do it. Um, but technically, obviously they have a say and, um, you know, nobody's forcing them to put races on, but, uh, again, from everything I'm seeing, they're definitely ones that really, uh, will, will put it on if they can. So this one, from what I've researched, it's more of one of the areas or the counties on the bike course is concerned about the COVID relations and uh, repercussions from that. And that's what has halted the race here. But uh, again, it seems a little shady for me to at best to me uh, of why this one got canceled. Yeah. And it's frustrating. I mean, I sense, I mean, I, I get people's frustrations when they cancel a month out, especially for yeah. Ironman. It's just, I mean, I know a lot of your clients were training really hard for that race. And like you said, yeah, their, it's, bulk, their bulk you know, of their training was mostly done and you're kind of like heading towards taper and then you get that. Yeah. I mean, especially <laughs> for us New Englanders here for sure. And I mean, even climate like yours, you know, well, I guess you rode in Zors all last year anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't matter as much. Uh, but, you know, putting in a lot of winter training is definitely hard. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I hope it's not a reflection on more things to come here. You know, I it's going to be interesting. Some There's a pretty popular half Ironman, the Patriot half here in June in Massachusetts. You know, uh, the race director I've spoken with directly, and he's feeling good about it happening, but, uh, I'm still actually kind of skeptical on that one. Uh, the white mountains half that that's happening here in New Hampshire, the next weekend, I feel really good about. And so I actually, because I'm more confident on that race, I switched and I'm planning to do, to do that half as opposed to Patriot. And I deferred my Patriot, uh, for that reason. But, uh, you know, so there's certain States that I feel like things should be good. And I, I certainly hope that that Utah is going to be one of those. And, uh, you know, there's again, no question that we're heading in the right direction, but uh, hopefully it's not taking longer than we anticipated. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of why, I mean, I think the topic of this podcast is, I mean, prepping for a race for like a lot of people like me, we really haven't raced for months. I mean, I was looking at the USAT rankings um, because I just got that magazine and it's amazing, like how many people just weren't on that list that are typically on the list. But I saw your name; you're number one, Colin. I, uh, I, I actually, I believe <laughs> that magazine got thrown out before I got to take a look at it. But uh, <laughs> I uh, did have a couple of people reach out and say that uh, that was number one. So uh, yes, thank you very much. That was uh, pretty cool to see. You know, it's obviously got an asterisk next to it with the year, and like you said, not the big names you typically used to are used to seeing on there, but, uh, I'll take it. 
No, that's so. pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, but yeah, let's get back to it. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, this is, you know, questionable times. I think, you know, depending on how concerned, you know, certain some people are around Corona and, and just everything going on and, and getting back to racing, you know, what we wanted to kind of talk about here is, is just some, some different things that, that people may be able to do to, you know, there's really no true simulation for a race, but there's definitely some things we can do to prep both me- physically and mentally to be able to get ready and, and put yourself in the best spot to be ready to go when that gun does go off here. So, um, so yeah, um, let's, let's dive into some things there. I guess I'll start with, I think that, uh, maybe the, the pros should, uh, maybe we should take a second to talk about, uh, challenge Miami. Uh, that was a pretty exciting race that happened recently yeah. and, uh, was really fun to watch. Uh, the big boys and girls came out to play for sure. And, uh, I mean, but you um, even saw it with them, like you saw some of the pros that haven't raced for a while. And I mean, they were pretty rusty and, I mean, well, that's what I was, that's where I was going with that. Exactly. Um, you know, one, one, I think it was cool that, you know, I guess I really haven't watched that many races live where I've even watched the the transitions that closely. Usually it's kind of recaps and things like that. So you don't really actually see that. And, uh, the, yeah, the, uh, the dust was not quite wiped off or, uh, or it seemed like a, a decent amount of the folks, uh, in the transition area. You know, the biggest one, the biggest surprise to me was, well, I guess looked pretty bad when Lucy Charles flipped over her handlebars coming into, <laughs> coming into T2. Um, but, you know, Ben Canute, who is, you know, a former U.S. Olympian and is, is race short course where tr- transitions are a vital piece of the race. And, uh, you know, he ended up hitting a cone, dropping a bottle. And, uh, uh, you know, he commented right away on the race uh, after the race on idiot he felt like. But, uh, you know, it was just proof i think you know it can can happen at, at any time but uh i'm not sure that those guys put enough effort into their transition and making sure that they had that dialed in i think normally they race enough that they probably kind of stay relatively sharp with it um without having to do a ton of work on it on a regular basis so i'd i'd be interested to see how much effort they had actually put into um you know racing or to, to transition prep but uh that's definitely uh, a good one here for sure yeah <laughs> So practice trans. I'm writing all this down. Practice transitions. <laughs> yep. Yep. Practicing transitions. Definitely a good idea. Um, and, you know, I think that, that really we have to be able to put ourselves in a, in a good spot, you know, mentally. And there's a couple pieces that, that come into that. So, you know, that's doing some visualization that we can talk a little bit more detailed about. And then also just having the right expectations for a race, uh, a first race back here after, you know, not racing for a while. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot that, that can go into that. Um, so visualization we'll cover here a little bit. And then, you know, the practicing of those, those physical things, let's, let's, let's actually spend a little bit of time talking about some transition prep and just some little things that I think we can do that, uh, could really go a long way with that. Um, so the first thing I actually really encourage anybody that's relatively new to the sport is to make sure they're doing some runs off the bike and that they're actually really, you know, leaving their shoes on their pedals or practicing what they're actually going to do as best as they can. You know, if they don't, 
don't necessarily have to have a full transition area set up, but just, you know, as you're coming in off the bike, or even if, even if you're on the trainer, just, you know, um, if you're planning to, to leave your shoes on the bike, just popping off and, and getting off and then, um, you know, trying to, to get your run shoes on quickly and, and practicing that bike to run, uh, transition, because I think that that's something that, uh, definitely can, if you're not ready for that, you can really feel that for sure. Um, yeah. you know, as you're, you're heading out in, in the real race there. So, and for, and for people that are just new to the sport in general, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, just always do almost always doing a quick, even five, literally five to 10 minute run off the bike after each, almost each bike, um, just to, to be able to work on that and, and get your body acclimated to making that transition. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> yeah. So Elliot, I want to see you, uh, shoes on the bike here, popping off and getting your runs in here, even if you're just jumping on the woodway. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm a, I am a big believer in that because I mean, open runs versus running off the bike are a lot different and your body just needs to know that feeling and know that it may take a while to get your running legs off the bike, but I mean, they eventually come back to you. And I mean, just knowing that feeling is tough when you don't practice it. A hundred percent. Right. I mean, like anything, you know, if we're, if we're not prepping, you know, we're preparing ourselves to fail and not be ready for, for things. So, you know, it's, it's just a, a simple thing that we can do there. Um, but you know, as you're, you're approaching your races, even if you're indoors, you know, hopefully you're shifting a little bit to doing some more kind of race pace based efforts and, you know, typically a little bit longer intervals, you know, we're definitely have folks transitioning and I still am a big fan of always having for the most, for most people, some speed work in their workouts. You want to stay sharp on that top end, but, uh, you know, we got to get into doing some, you know, 20, 30 eventually 40, 45 minute intervals, um, really trying to, to get both physically and, and mentally prepared for what you're going to expect in the race. And so what those efforts look like are going to be dependent on, you know, the distance of the race and, and how many and so forth. It's a lot of different variables that go into that. But I do think that that is, is really important here. Um, you know, I will say, I, I am a big fan as, as we talked about right at the beginning there with, with Elliot is, you know, if he's been, he's been on the trainer for, let's call it a year and a half almost now here. Right. Um, yeah, that, yeah. that, you know, there is some muscle engagement and some things that happen when we do actually ride our bikes outdoors. You know, I think there's a lot of benefits to being indoors, you know, most of the time and, and that's okay, but there is some adaptation that needs to happen for our bodies as we're we're doing outdoor riding so to get some of that in if at all possible i think is is really critical um you know it's a lot of times especially when you first go out there i wouldn't necessarily go out getting getting ready to you know nail all these you know high intensity or tough intervals or anything like that it's it's just kind of going out there and getting some ride time in um you're probably again going to feel some muscles a little bit differently you know for me the back's usually a little bit tight if you're riding in the arrow position, the neck's almost always going to be sore <laughs> when you're first getting back into that. Right. And so, um, you know, that's just really to be expected, expected. And we just need to, to spend some time in those positions and working on that, um, to really strengthen the body and get it prepared for that. So I think that that's, that's super important to do. 
I agree. Even if it means a little, a uh, little bit of chilly riding here. I mean, you know, <laughs> I've certainly done races early season, like Puerto Rico and different things like that, where really didn't, wasn't an option. I, mean, I guess you'd go out on the cross bike and, and ride in some, you know, 20 degree weather and, and be all right. But as far as getting outside on the TT bike, you know, may not be possible, but if it all, if you can, I would encourage people to try and do that. Even if it's a little bit cold, just bundling up a little bit. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be for all that long. You know, it doesn't need to be your long ride or anything. Um, but the, not necessarily the more time you can do, but definitely getting out there for a handful of rides anyways. And I think as you get more experience in the sport, you can get away with a little bit less, but, uh, It'll be interesting. I like to see how you do. Uh, yeah, I mean, and TT position inside just does not feel the same as when you're outside. No, <laughs> no, and and you know we were talking about again right before we started recording here and how much in or outdoor riding did I do before Florida, and I would say definitely not enough. And I think I felt it uh, pretty good out there on the bike, and I was holding the TT position, but it was quite uncomfortable and uh my sit bones paid the price for it for sure so um you know but yeah it's it's really hard even with the the kicker e-flex and um you know there is even more and more pieces of equipment like that coming around to the rocker plates and different things which i definitely would recommend people look into especially if they're riding indoors a lot but uh you know it's still not the same as as being outside and especially in the air each uh, excuse me the tt position so that's uh, definitely agreed there, Elliot. And just it really helps with just general handling of your bike too. <laughs> well, right. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, as we talk about uh, Challenge Miami versus even Challenge Daytona, while those were both done on speedways, even if you hear the pros talking about it, they said that it was almost just like two completely different events because – in Miami, they had a much more technical course and there was a bunch of turns. Talked to a few few of the pros afterwards and like just were amazed at how, you know, and even how good of the handling skills that, that the top guys had. And some of the, the not so skilled guys there really paid the price for that. And it wasn't necessarily because they're not strong enough. It's just those those handling skills come into play. Right. So um you know anytime we can improve and have strong handling skills it it usually really pays dividends not only from a turning perspective but also you know if it's having to the surge or even trying to keep your consistent um you know while you're you're dealing with different turns or terrain and different things like that it can really go a long way so um practicing that stuff can be good. I was actually funny. I was out with the kids. Now it's getting a little warmer here and they were out on their ride on their bikes. And I jumped on the fat bike and we're just goofing around, but we're just kind of trying to sneak in a little practice on doing some turns and almost threw some cones out there to, to practice. And hopefully I'll get the kids out there doing that pretty soon. But, uh, those are the types of little things that, uh, can be really helpful. And, uh, again, be make a difference when you get out there for that first race in a while. So you talked about expectations for your first race. I mean, what would you say about experienced racers that, I don't know. I mean, they've had success in the past, but I mean, I, I literally have not competed with anyone in over a year because racing isn't allowed here. And right. I mean, we, 
And if it is, it's all staggered and it just doesn't really feel like a race. So it's really tough to gauge where I'm, I'm, where I'm at, because I mean, I look at bike power, I look at my, I mean, my run paces, I, I know are going to be competitive, but it's really hard to gauge like where I'm actually at when yeah. the race actually happens. This is true. You know? Um, well, I mean, I think that again, with how much experience you have in the support in the, in the sport here, uh, hopefully I don't jinx it here, but I think you're going to be kind of pleasantly surprised on, on how you do there. And, uh, you'll, you'll kind of bounce back pretty well, but, uh, you know, I think that hopefully even just those rides, if you're, you know, getting out there a week early could be really beneficial to you, you know, just getting some kind of short taper rides in and just getting a feel for those and, and uh those those will help build your confidence quite a bit there right but i think it is that's that's the biggest thing is just more of a a confidence and when you haven't been out on the road or you haven't been racing you know there's there's definitely some self-doubt that that sneaks in there and you know you have to kind of trust that you you certainly didn't take a break you worked hard all year year plus here and uh you know i think that it's actually going to pay dividends for you um with the Everest, the marathons, the everything you've done um, to stay consistent despite not racing. Whereas, you know, those people that decided to pack it in for a year and all of a sudden now they're cramming for this for St. George or, you know, for um, Coeur d'Alene, whatever it may be, um, you're, you're going to be in a much better spot there. So um, I would say that overall be confident but, uh, you know, do some things that uh, will help build that confidence, you know, with those kind of intervals or um, whatever you can to, to simulate what's what's going to happen on race day. Yeah, and I, I just keep reminding myself, like, just be appreciative that I get to even do this again. <laughs> well said. Yeah. And I mean, that being said, not to contradict myself here, but it is when you haven't raced for that long, you know, early on in a race, it may not be a bad idea to be a little bit more conservative. Right. Yeah. You know, and also I think it may even be just mentally, you know, our body, you know, when you get into that kind of race pace effort and it may depend on the distance a little bit too there, but our body may not be necessarily used to that. And it may take a little bit to, for that to, to kind of break out of that and, and get back into race mode. So um, there could be some, some highs and lows for sure during the race as you're, body is is readjusting to that and you know we got to be accepting of that yeah. you know one thing that i'll say too that i'm i'm a big fan of you know going to visualization a little bit here um and and preparation more and and that would be i'm a big fan of of developing a race strategy prior to the race yeah. and you know i i we we supply these for for most of our clients our kind of higher level clients that uh um, we're coaching, you know, very closely and, you know, I always start these with, you know, big asterisks saying, you know, you need to know your body, you know, everything, the forecast, when I, we're developing these could totally shift, you know, we usually make them a few days out in advance and, you know, you have to be able to trust your judgment. And I think that as we come, we become more and more experienced racers, these types of things don't, uh, don't have as much weight as they, they once did. But when you're getting back to it, you know, these are the types of little things that can get you really thinking about the race and not, you know, kind of having a, 
oh shit moment, you know, during the race that you didn't even prepare for, for something because, you know, it's just, it's been a while. And so you're just kind of, uh, sloppy. And, and so the, the mental side of the preparation and visualizing, you know, what you're going to do during that race is, is really important. So, you know, we, we develop, you know, couple page documents that, uh, kind of go through, you know, what we're doing for nutrition, you know, what we're doing for pacing and, um, you know, some mental things to be thinking about during each discipline of, of the race. So, you know, I, I like to get those again, uh, at least a few days out to, to people so that they can, um, you know, start thinking about those kind of things and really get into that kind of race mindset and ensure that they're thinking about every element of the race because again the, the longer we've been out of it the easier it is i think to to make a little slip up there that that could really be uh you know uh, a big end up being a big blunder and affecting your your race pretty badly so um you know those kind of things will really help from a from just a, a general preparation and i think those the more that you're prepared and, and thinking about those kind of things certainly the the better off you're going to be yeah. I mean, just going into it with a game plan is always a good idea. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, if you're not working with anybody, um, you know, just writing some things down. Yeah. You know, all of this is, is written. I really like to, to either have people writing it or, you know, um, reading it for sure and, and putting it in a format so you can go back and look at it so that you're able to look at things multiple times and that, you know, kind of repetitive state of, of going through those things is what can really be, uh, what, what drives it home to make sure that you're, you're on point with that. So, um, that's, that's definitely something that's good to do. You know, how, how's the motivation been, uh, recently, Elliot? Um, really good, actually. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting pretty nervous to race again. So, I mean, it's been motivating me to really train hard these last few weeks of this build that I'm doing. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of anxious and I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to have this topic on this podcast because I was pretty much inter interested on what you had to say about all this stuff too. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, I think that certainly hopefully people are getting inspired and, and with essentially every Ironman in North America, I think there's still some spots left in the, we'll call it Ironman Indiana, you know, Muncie, but uh, you know, there's a lot of people racing this year and, in similar boats, but, uh, well, motivation could have been down for a while, you know, hopefully it's, it's sparking back up because most people have something coming up relatively soon here. And so, you know, if you haven't flipped the switch yet, uh, again, it's going to depend on what race you're doing, but, uh, it's probably a good time to do so. And, you know, now that we're, we're getting close and, you know, hopefully the warm weather's coming, coming out for, for most people, you know, it's, it's really uh, go time here. And, you know, the more that we can get consistent with our training, like any time really, um, but especially as races are approaching, you know, dialing that in, you know, that's going to be really important and it's going to be what, what helps you perform at your best. So, you know, you gotta, gotta make sure that you're, you're getting that work in and, you know, at the same time, just to reiterate, you know, making those hard workouts hard and those easy workouts easy, right. You know, this right. is where, people can kind of get a bit lackadaisical or just, you know, really think all about just the volume and not necessarily what the, 
the goal is of the workout and, and making sure that you're winning that workout. Like we've talked about is, is important because. Oh yeah. And it's, it's hard because I mean, all last year, I just kind of felt like it was just, I don't know, kind of the same thing every week. It was just, I mean, you kind of just an, on autopilot and kind yeah. of just going through the motions because I mean, I really didn't have anything on the schedule, but knowing just from past experience, I mean, when races come up, come up, you do have to have a game plan and train properly for it. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, hopefully that's relatively straightforward to, to people yeah. or that, you know, <laughs> um, but uh, it's true. And I think that, you know, just, just thinking about those little things can really just get you in such a good mental state that, you know, that, uh, I mean, nothing's going to go perfect. Right. And you're, you can't expect, uh, just because you write it down, it's going to happen, but it's going to put you in a lot better place to actually achieve that. And, you know, um, one thing that's fun that we're doing actually this week, uh, depending or when this is recorded here is uh, Northeast Multisport is is doing our, um, our own internal little relay race um, that kind of takes place uh, in replacement of Race Mania, an event in Boston that we usually would do every year where we'd put uh, four person teams together to do a four by 200 swim relay, uh, a 10 K time bike time trial, and then a, uh, four by one mile repeats, uh, or, uh, four by one mile relay, excuse me, on the, on the track here. And, um, you know, so it's, it, this is a, something like this is a good opportunity to really, you know, certainly push yourself. You're getting, you know, a, a baseline test ultimately in, in each discipline all in one week. And, you know, so you get some of those competitive juices flowing, which is fun and also get to, again, establish those, you know, baselines on the numbers or however you want to look at and looking at your zones and things. So, um, you know, pretty proud, I guess I'll go off on a tangent real quick. We have, uh, I think it's seven teams competing, you know, so it's, uh, you know, not about the prize it's about the the fun of doing it and and uh at the same time we're going to get some new numbers to look at and uh actually i did my my swim time trial today we got the the bike on zwift tomorrow and then we're going to do uh the one mile relay uh friday night so it's so it's uh, pretty much like an ftp test and then right. what did you say the swim was 200 swims a 200 yard relay okay. yep how do you do that uh, how do you do there uh, I did. All right. Uh, it was, so that was the first time I've swam in a lap pool since like what November, I think. So, uh, <laughs> the first, the first hundred or so was really weird. Really, really weird. It really was. It was like more weird than I was expecting it to be. And I also, uh, I wore my form goggles. I had worn them, you know, I wore them in the race and, uh, I've been wearing them in the pool for sure. Then the endless pool for sure. And, I've enjoyed them, but, uh, I don't know. I could not get them to stop leaking and they were like fogging up a bit and they were pretty much a distraction the entire time. And like, I couldn't even jump off the blocks with and get them to stay on. So, uh, it was, uh, an interesting day in the pool, but, uh, <laughs> um, I think I ended up at, uh, about, so I did in a meter pool and then kind of converted. I was at one fifteen per hundred yard, um, for, uh, for the 200, which I think I've done better before in the past. I think I've gone down to like 219, 220, but, uh, I, I was 
given the the challenges with the goggles so like even actually they kept filling up i didn't even get to see what was going on in the in the so corner. you're blaming you're blaming the goggles <laughs> well uh i i will say they were more of a distraction than than a benefit like i had, i would hope they had been and th those are the only goggles i brought so uh um they didn't help me but no would i have swam 220 without them no i wouldn't have. <laughs> um you know but uh so i think i'm i'm right about where i want to be and uh I'm still, you know, I've, I've definitely picked up, ramped up my training the last month or so here, but I'm still, um, not fully, fully committed to my training. Like I normally am around this time. Um, just a lot of other, other things going on that I'm prioritizing at this point. And so, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I, I did go on that strong kick of swimming every day, um, to start the year off, but, uh, that's definitely fallen off. <laughs> so um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna get back to that soon here but uh so what are you telling your clients so your clients that were signed up for texas that got delayed to deferred to october i mean what do you i mean I, i'm just tired of sounding like a broken record but mm -hmm. it sucks to just keep telling my clients like just keep training racing will come back and just this happens and I, I just feel bad for those people because I mean, oh, how can you not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's devastating. You know? So what do, what do you say to them to keep them motivated? Well, the way I approach those conversations is more, Hey, you know, I just got the news that really sucks. You know, how you doing? Yeah. And, you know, just let's, let's give it a few days and then let's connect and let's talk about, you know, where we want to go from here, you know? So, for example, you know, one of my clients, you know, he's got, uh, he signed up for Patriot in, in June. So, you know, it's really not that far off where he can do a half Ironman, um, you know, hopefully here and, and, you know, that's going to be an opportunity for him still to race. And this is actually his first iron, uh, full Ironman. So, you know, it's really just more experience and an opportunity to still get better, you know, so um, he is one that was planning to do it again in, in his first Ironman was supposed to be in 2020. So here we are, you know, extending and extending it. And, um, I even have gotten some notes from him lately that, uh, you know, he's kind of tired. And I think it's, if anything, it's more just mentally, you know, just being a little drained and sucked from, yeah. from not having, you know, the race happening. And I mean, so I, it is a lifestyle, yeah. but I mean, right. at the same time, when you're preparing for an Ironman, I mean, it's, I mean, your body is highly stressed. Um, I wouldn't say the normal lifestyle is riding a hundred miles and then running 20 miles the next day. So it's a lot of work. And when Absolutely. they cancel races like this, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, we can't, you know, train at that level or I, I don't expect or wouldn't recommend people training <laughs> at that level all the time. Right. So, um, and you know, what you can justify it with is, is that, you know, that end goal and, and being able to complete the race. And so when we take that away, especially multiple times, it's going to start to eat at you, you know? So this is where, again, yes, you know, at the end of the line, at the end of the day, definitely, hopefully reminding ourselves that this is a lifestyle and it's more than about the race, but it's also a tremendous opportunity mentally to say, all right, you know, I'm getting pushed again here, you know, really getting tested. How am I going to respond to this? Am I going to cave and just say, oh, the hell with this, you know, screw it. I'm done. Or are you going to rise up? You're going to, you know, step up your game and say, all right, now I've got six extra months to train for this. Or, you know, I'm going to 
switch to this this race potentially if you can maybe get into indiana i mean that's that's one thing i have actually you know have usually have people racing ironman mount chabon up in canada and that's a race i'm unfortunately really not feeling good about you know and uh canada has been super tight and i just don't know if that's going to happen so i am uh you know encouraging people that are signed up for that race to consider doing another race you know whether you still can get into some actually the other races through a charity slots so um there is technically options to get into the other ones but muncie uh or indiana still has some some regular slots available i can't imagine they're going to last much longer and actually I, I wouldn't be surprised if after texas um you know got postponed that people didn't chop uh, or grab some of those slots there so um you know doing things like that but just you know, taking the high road, taking the the positive attitude road where, you know, we say, all right, you know, that's happened. It is what it is. What can I do today to make myself better and, and be more prepared now that I have more time to prepare for it? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if I didn't have triathlon training during this pandemic, I probably would have gone crazy. I yeah. don't know how, I don't know how people have survived through this time just staying at home and doing nothing especially you know people in urban areas that uh have really been confined and really don't have much you know besides work and you know maybe you know their family being in close quarters um i cannot imagine i really can't i mean feel super blessed to be in a place where you know i i really feel outside of races it hasn't uh, well, minus one of my businesses, it hasn't really impacted my life. Um, life has gotten better. <laughs> in in many ways, it has, you know. Um, so, and, you know, I, I've seen so many blessings and positives out of this. And not obviously because of COVID, but what it, it equated to and, and an opportunity to reflect and, and think about some things. So, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it's how we respond to that, that, that really makes us the person that we're going to be. So yep. it's just another opportunity. You know, if this, if we repeat what happened last year, again, this year and have ultimately no races, um, you know, I think we've talked about this before. This is, that will definitely be, uh, I think a real problem for the sport and, you know, mental strength is, is key. And, you know, we, have an opportunity every day to make our own choices and, and to stay strong or not, but uh, it's, it will get harder as time goes on, obviously. So, I mean, do you uh, think if a big race like a St. George happens, which it's looking like it will, I mean, it'll, it, do you think it'll give more race directors some optimism on big races happening? Because I mean, Ironman Florida happened and there really wasn't, I mean, I didn't hear about any issues and, Right. I mean, Florida's had three major races. Exactly. And there really hasn't been any issue. So I think just having more big races going on with no issues yeah, and everyone be kind of a domino effect here, right? Yeah. Where, you know, the more that we get rolling here and, you know, people are, we're hopefully proving that this is safe to do and, you know, it's going to build confidence even in the consumer, you know, and the participants too. I think there's still, a lot of a lot of people that are scared to go out and race um you know i'm certainly not one of them i'll say that and i feel like the outdoors are safe and you know we're keeping our distance which even now is being dropped to three feet from six feet 
you know, and, and there's just more and more things out there that uh, I really think, you know, as we even said back in November that you can, we can race safely. And if we're smart about it, that uh, it really shouldn't be, you know, too much of a, of a concern if we're respectful of, of the, the rules in place and so forth. So, uh, you know, oh, I three feet. That, so I could draft, you now on the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the way to look at it, huh? <laughs> we, we won't have those natural, uh, motivators or people to actually, you know, stay out of the draft zone because now they can, they can do that and, and yep. stay COVID free. <laughs> as but yeah. You know, and to me, you know, going back to the visualization stuff too, just some kind of general visualization. And one of the things I love to do, and sometimes I actually do it even at the start of my runs, like even especially my long runs, if I'm like maybe heading out there and I'm not super motivated to get going. And, you know, for me, I I picture, so it depends on what race is coming up, but if I, you know, have some kind of visual or even if I don't, I make up kind of my own of me crossing that finish line and, you know, looking up at the time that I'm, I'm dreaming of. So like for now, you know, it's me getting down onto a Leahy drive, you know, at eight fifty-five or something like that, you know, so that it's, it's just really motivates me to remind me of why I'm doing this. And, you know, from a, from a race perspective, why I'm doing this and can really get, get kind of the juices flowing and, anything you can do like that, you know, same thing. Like I definitely think of my kids and my family and the sacrifice they're making. And there's absolutely nothing wrong. Cause actually you could argue that they're making more sacrifices during training than they are during the, the race is only one day. Right. So, you know, we really need to just use that visualization to reflect on, you know, what we had to be grateful for and what we are, um, you know, trying to achieve. And, and that can really go a long way. Um, you know, I think that that, those types of visualization and, you know, if you have time to certainly just designate and not even doing it during your workouts, but doing actual separate workouts on visualization is huge, you know, and, um, you know, just running through your race, dreaming, you know, dreaming is awesome. And, and, you know, we're not gonna, we're not going to achieve goals that we never set. Right. So we gotta be thinking about those kind of things. And if we, if we, put some things out there. That's, that's the only opportunity we really have to, to reach them. So, um, you know, thinking about, I, I think about those kind of things quite a bit and that's definitely what helps drive me. And, um, you know, whether it's through a pandemic or, you know, even, even prior to this, those were some things that I would do a lot. Yeah. You, I'm, what, I'm just going to be got? thankful for being able to chase someone and actually have some real life competition. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I go to the track every Wednesday and do my speed session. And I mean, I'm, I've been working really hard, but at the same time, like I have not been training with any kind of groups or with anyone else. So it's, there's a lot of question marks, but like you said, I mean, I've been training hard, so I need to just trust my abilities and know that I've been successful in the past doing pretty much the same training. So you know, the thing, thing for you too, it'd be nice again to get out there a week early, you know, one, one other factor that is not COVID related, but just with, with going into hotter climates, right. And especially if we've been, 
in the Northwest, Northeast, someplace cold. And um, all of a sudden we're getting thrown into a hot environment, you know, trying to acclimate as quickly as possible. But if we can do some prep, so whether it's even, you know, maybe for you, uh, you know, throwing on a sweatsuit for that long run to make things a little bit hotter, um, you know, I doubt with how tight it is in, in the Northwest that you're going to be able to get in a sauna or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, those types of things and that those protocols can definitely help as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. And if anything, I mean, St. George is a tough course and the conditions can be very tough. I mean, yeah. remember that one year when it was super windy and I don't know, I feel like half the, half the participants dropped out that day. Yeah, it was brutal. I mean, that's what, uh, we'll see if I, uh, change my mind and, and try and go to, to 70.3 worlds. But, uh, you know, I said, I'd never go back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you gotta do the double. Have you ever done a double before? I have. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did do that. Uh, what 2013, I think, when it was up in Tremblant. I oh right. Twenty point threes there, and then, and then Hawaii. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, but, hey, I'm uh, I'm signing up for anything that's opening up. Yeah. All right. And that's right. I, I, another thing we wanted to to discuss here, and um, just briefly here, is is training camps. And you know, uh, peak here really had we haven't put on any any training camps. I mean, normally I guess at this point in the year we haven't, anyways. But uh, we're still on the fence of whether we're going to try and put on you know our Lake Placid camp, um, Tremblant. I'm already pretty much banking on not going to be able to happen. Um, Maryland may happen, and and Maine probably will happen, but. Uh, we got to see where it goes. I mean, you know, it's, it's a unique, what I really love about those camps. I mean, yes, it's great to get the volume in and, you know, from a confidence perspective, you know, Elliot, if you were able to sneak off somewhere for, you know, a long weekend and get some big volume in and, and uh, be in a warmer climate, I think that would be a big win for you for sure. But uh, you know um, the camaraderie piece of it is, is huge for me and just being with people. And so, you know, normally we rent, you know, one house or two houses and, everybody stays together, but, uh, I'm not sure what the, uh, what the protocol would be on that or what level of interest there will be on that. I do have some people, uh, definitely less than normal for, for some of the camps and, uh, every man, Jack, the team I'm on, we were supposed to do our camp, uh, actually was it this weekend or last weekend. And that obviously, or that, that did get canceled. And there's talks of trying to do one, uh, late season in, you know, um, either September or somewhere around there, I guess. And there was a questionnaire that, uh, that got sent out of, you know, um, would you be more or less, or, um, you know, it doesn't matter if, if like a vaccine was required, you know, or if a COVID test was required and there's all these different aspects that go into it that, uh, are interesting here. So, um, you know, these, the, those type of group environment stuff, I think is going to be tough. And, uh, Unfortunately, I'm not holding my breath on on any of the camps this year. I'm hoping we can make it work, but um, those kind of things I think are are still going to be uh, skewed or, or have to be at least modified in order to accommodate, um, which you know ultimately drives the cost up and is unfortunate. But uh, but yeah, you know uh, that being said, if you can get especially to the race venue, but if you can get someplace warm or just uh, um, dedicate really, you know three, four days to, to some nice, strong, heavy training. 
um, you know, prior to your race, I think that uh, you could really benefit from that. But you think things are heading in the positive direction, correct? I do. Okay. Yes, I definitely do. I mean, with the vaccinations coming, that seems to really be easing and uh, making people a lot more comfortable. Yeah, and uh, Texas was just a huge, just came out of nowhere. And that really <laughs> surprised me. It did. I was very, very surprised by that as well. And, you know, you know, now that we live in a country where our president calls the uh, governor of a state a Neanderthal, you know, it's just... Uh, <laughs> kind of shows the uh, state of our of our country and our world these days which is a little sad but uh, things have changed here I guess the only way to put it but uh, but yeah um, you know at the same time it's you know it it is a validation whether you agree with it or not of of improvement and and movement in the right direction so um, I think we're trending in the in the right direction and I still you know, a race like Kona, I still am a little bit concerned about just because of how many countries and things are involved. And again, like for us, Ironman, Mount Tremblant, even Canada, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with, with some of these races um, and whether these countries are going to let us in or not is my biggest concern. But uh, I think that, uh, that we're going to be ready f- at least second half to be doing some racing here. Well, I hope I get to see you in October. Yeah. Well, I'm sure hoping you're racing uh, next month here. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully that was helpful for everybody. It gave you some ideas and things to, th- to think about here. Definitely let us know if you have any questions, any topics, anything that we can do for you to, uh, to help you out. We would be more than willing. So stay safe. Stay training, kicking some butts, staying positive, and we'll catch you in the next one.